Welcome to episode two of Songs Behind the Scenes. This time we spoke with our friend Fultress about her song Hood and Wolf. And we spent quite a while trying to pronounce it right, so mm -hmm. enjoy listening to that. We also chatted about her production process, um, how this song particularly came to life, and how she works closely with her producer Josh to do so. And we delved into how the song uses the metaphor of Little Red Riding Hood to try and flip expectations of female desire on their head. Indeed. Very good stuff. So I hope you enjoy and we'll be back in approximately... Ten years. Ten years with another episode. <laughs> Sorry for the delay. And yeah, enjoy. Bye. Bye. Hi, welcome Rosie. Hello. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. I've just eaten some lovely pasta. <laughs> I love how we're pretending we haven't all been together. We've been together the last <laughs> hour and a half. Yeah, it was your pasta. I ate it all. Delicious. We did too. Yeah, it was lovely. <laughs> um, so we are here to speak about your song, Hood and Wolf. Ah. Is that how, how you would say it? It's Hood and Wolf, Hood yeah. Hood and Wolf. But yeah, I imagine it in my head just faster. Hood and wolf. <laughs> Is that why there's no spaces? It's in silly. It? I think it's just. I don't really know why I do that in general. I think it's just sort of explain uh, how hood, it's written up. Hood, oh yeah, hood ampersands wolf. No spaces. All together, no spaces. But I think I just don't really. I I don't like how sort of like pantomime hood and wolf. <laughs> is. So I was like, just smoosh it and it's hood fine. And there was no. There was if no you were to say it in a sentence, can you say it in a sentence like at the speed that you would? <laughs> Hood and wolf. Because it's slower. <laughs> it's almost a bit like, like imagine it was a hood space a apostrophe n apostrophe space wolf. Well, I'm glad that we saw like a that fast food first. like a fast food restaurant. You know. Well, let's Hood start. Let's start with that because I don't <laughs> get the reference. I don't like for me in relation to. Oh, she's got a hand up. <laughs> okay, Sabrina <laughs> knows. Sabrina knows. No, I want to take a guess. It sounds like Little Red Riding Hood, but. Is that a wolf or a fox? Yeah, it's, it's a wolf. wolf. Oh, yeah, I'm so slow. I only that just got so that though, just now. Because of the humming at the beginning. What do you mean the humming at the beginning? The, the do, do, do. So imagine you're in a forest <laughs> and it's dark and there's two people, uh, well, one wolf and one riding hood, <laughs> uh, just sort of fannying around in the forest, really. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, that whole yeah. concept. In a way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not even in a nutshell, that does nothing. There's no lengths to explain what it's Did about. you? <laughs> <laughs> Just right, thank you for clearing that up. Really. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting at the real podcast. basics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> did you? I mean, I don't know why anyone would do this, but did you come up with a name first? Or did you come no. up with a name after the whole song had been like... I never come up with a name first, actually. Mm -hmm. I just write the song, and then whatever pops out yeah. is what it's called. But it never says Hood and Wolf in the song, right? Yeah, I think, I think it's just... that was just, what I... Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit abstract, I think. I like it. I was sort of imagining that... Am I allowed to swear? Of course. Yeah. Well, I, I don't need to swear, but I was just imagining if it was, <laughs> if it was uh, about desire and about the wolf being sort of like big male desire, but like turning mm. it in on its head and being about Red Riding Hood wanting to stalk him and like mm. go chase him but not being able to and about sort of trying to unleash female desire but not feeling like you can. See, this is interesting because 
before you came, we had a very brief conversation about what we thought the, the lyric was about. Neither of us were right. Neither of us were right. Okay. But we both came from different angles. So oh, Sabrina thought it was about the man desire to... Or like no, it was, it was the man leading the girl on and saying to her that he wanted to be with her, but not wanting to. Ah, and I mean, you you're, not, you're not that far off, I guess. And then I thought it was more this girl being confused about whether she meant what she was saying. So I had all these good intentions. Yeah, like carrying but stuff and ah. I've got all of this past trauma or whatever, and I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Thanks for even looking that much into it. I'm always thesis. grateful when people actually bother looking at the lyrics at all. So like when you have a podcast, it's called Songs Behind the Scenes. Yeah, you, you kind of got to oh, yeah, listen to the songs yeah, and think about Give it a tiny beat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess it's just feeling, di- it's a moment of feeling disempowered. So is disempowered even a word? It is now. It is now. Right here, right now. Unempowered? Yeah, not empowered. Not. That's the one. <laughs> or like your pa- em- your your power is taken away. That's powerless. what I was going for. Your powerlessness. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think maybe you guys could be somewhere like also in- amongst it. Yeah. So yeah, it's about not being able to voice feelings that you have and feeling like waiting at the hands of someone of the male desire because that mm. feels like that's the pattern that men are supposed to come onto you. That you're so you have to make yourself small and beautiful Dainty. enough for people to want to come to you and pick you up and you know and fuck make you the or whatever for you and do it for you yeah. or like it always has to you know I guess like the narrative around women making the first move has so for so long been about them looking desperate or like thirsty mm. or like <laughs> um, do you make the first move in relationships uh, I have done. Yeah. Yeah, I do it more now as a sort of after being more aware of that being a problem. Okay. Because I think maybe that's why it's helpful writing songs, isn't it? Because you can look at what you've written and be like, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. What you mean, like in a a, a literal sense of seeing what's come out of your brain? Yeah. And then having a reflection on that. Yeah, and being okay. like, how did how did I have that perspective? Because I don't agree with. Mm like that person who sort of wrote it mm. so which is weird so there's a moment of weakness i think so the perspective of the song is a girl who's trying to or someone who's trying to reverse that and like or just feeling really at the mercy of someone else and wanting to be able okay. to like enact their own desire it's really mm. it's about like sexuality and feeling mm. like why do i feel mm. like i can't like express that mm. Um, so you with this song specifically you you wrote it all and then you were like oh I don't feel that yeah I think so I think it was just a frustration at feeling like I wasn't able to be the agent in my own like sex life or even thoughts or feelings or desire or anything Mm. and like you're waiting for someone to kind of permit you to feel a certain way yeah and then suddenly you can go full throttle yeah exactly involved yeah exactly yeah, that's really interesting. So, yeah, I guess that's why I've sort of made the production around it a lot darker. Like, I wanted it to be, like, a horror film, mm. like, but in a song, because it is a horror film. Like, because why, like, it's a constant, I don't know, maybe I'm being too political, but I just feel like so many women have that experience. Yeah, yeah it's and very relatable. I think it's a shit show, frankly. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think when you were saying about it being 
when you were saying your your take on the song was that like there's something stopping you from some sort of like trauma or anything like yeah. that. It's sort of that this is like a problem on a mass scale mm-hmm. and it is traumatic and it's Absolutely. like yeah like we're just subjected to the male gaze at every. I was going to say, do you think it's specific to relationships between women and men? I mean, it's hard to speak if that if your experience is any of women and men relationships. Yeah, but I guess so. Yeah, I guess it's a like a hetero mm. perspective because mm. I don't have much of an another one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. sure. I think that there's um, something to be said for the way that the male gaze actually. Um, dictates the way that a woman ends up living her love life. And I yeah. think that that's a really interesting perspective to come to a song from because I think a lot of women pretend that they want that male gaze. Or mm. Pretend is the wrong word because it sounds patronising. But that there's this belief that, well, I want to be attractive and I want to be looked at. Mm. Um, and so if a man looks at me, then mm. that's a good thing. Mm. But whether... The issue is, is that it's all wrapped up in that you're waiting to be looked yeah, at and you're exactly. waiting to be approved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, everything from like high school musicals, like someone mm. not being attractive, waiting on a, a like a, a big hall bleacher mm. to be picked for a dance that never happens, or like yeah. people, all the constant girls waiting for phone calls, or yeah. the constant like, p- uh, like dictatorship of pornography mm. on like it's sort of feels like it's much deeper than just sort of like one relationship it feels like it's like doesn't just teach you on like a one-to-one level it just teaches you how you should love and how you should feel and that's the scariest thing about Mm. it and Um, how you should be find that approval as well yeah and it's so internalized that you make choices and yeah that you make all of these decisions and you your emotions start making those decisions Mm. too imagine the production as it was or did you work with someone to kind of figure out how that would manifest um i think well i work with a producer called josh davenport who's amazing Same guy that you worked with for a while right yeah. yeah um he's great i think for this one like so for some of my songs like he will be a little bit more proactive with making like creative choices saying you should cut this bit or whatever you know but essentially the arrangements are mine and mm. he's the and en- he's the engineer and and how much of creative directing he does varies between song to song. So for this one was really entirely my baby, really, because I had a very clear view of mm. exactly how I wanted it to sound. I wanted it to be a little bit filmic and a little bit eerie, mm. and like wanted people to 
feel uh, uncomfortable and a bit unsettled. Yeah, it does exactly that. That's really mm. good. <laughs> Did you write it so for people who haven't seen Rose perform live or anything like that, you often start with like a looped yeah. idea on a, on a keyboard or a vocal loop or something. Did you do that when you were writing this? Did you... Uh, yeah, and actually the first version of it was horrendous, um, <laughs> and it just didn't work as a loop song at all, um, and it wasn't until I actually removed all of the orchestration and just sort of like played it to myself, like just as an acapella song, mm. that I could then be like, what does it actually need? Um, and then, I don't know, now I use it again on Looper because it's pretty, it's like quite simple, but... Well, um, it's very, it's like AAA in its format, isn't it? Yeah. It's very kind of repetitive. Yeah. But there's an, is it, are you introducing like a new lyrical theme with each? But um, not really. I think basically um, I just sort of wanted to capture like maybe a moment in time, but mm-hmm. just see it developing. Um, and then... <laughs> Do you remember the lyrics? <laughs> I'm trying to remember, yeah. <clears throat> I, I wanted it to be simple and repetitive but in a sort of almost like sort of twisted meditation yeah. sort yeah, of way sure. it's, it's like you're driving the point home more and more and then with the, the build up of the that synth noise mm. it does that even more yeah I wasn't because it's the last song on the EP I didn't want to rush because obviously if you're trying to do single friendly uh, tracks in this bullshit streaming yeah people listen for 10 seconds before they tell think you're terrible or good like I was like fuck this this is my like chance to do Mm -hmm. like a four and a half minute song that doesn't necessarily go anywhere Mm -hmm. unless you actually listen to it from start to finish and then you'll see a big difference yeah for sure um yeah and there's a huge amount of development despite not much happening and I think that that's actually a very difficult thing to achieve and what I enjoyed when I because I think it's one of my favourite songs that I've heard of yours. Um, and for me, it's because... I don't know if it's actually to do with the production, because he's he's really managed to get your breath and mm. your feeling. It's so upfront and it, and it it's so evocative of everything that you're saying, this kind of eerie, this mm. spooky, this filmic idea of, of you being in someone's face or like ears, mm. I guess, yeah. speaking or, or saying these words to them. But... I think it's a very difficult skill for a producer to be able to get such a um, intimate sound mm. that doesn't sound like unfinished or unpolished mm. as well. So I think that really adds to it. Yeah, I think well, uh, I think it helps with the polishing in fact that there's not actually a lot in there at all. Mm. So yeah, it's got like maybe two synths of piano type thing. And were you voice. tempted to? keep adding stuff because I feel like that's what no not at all because I want to do that I want to do less and less because when I listen to albums that I really admire like Aldous Harding's Party do you know that one no oh my god I'm really excited she's writing it down I'm really excited for you what kind of music I think you'll hear a lot of influence from Hood and Wolf with that okay Um, what genre is it yeah very bizarre folk okay she's just a weirdo in the best possible <laughs> yeah. way um yeah but like yeah there's a song called blend which i think i borrowed that quite strongly as a mm. reference so check it out well, which i carried around with me 
then taken it to Josh and you've tried to work it out. What is the process? How do you think he knows when to leave it be? When it's mm. something that you've... Do you have an actual conversation where you say, yeah. look, actually, Josh, I know exactly how I envisage yeah. this and I know exactly what I want from it? Or does he sense that from you? Like, have you got that kind of relationship? Well, we've known each other for about uh, 15 years. Oh, wow, um, OK. Um, and only started working together a few years ago. Um, so our conversations are pretty open um, and he's an amazing musician who I really admire um, and I think at first I wasn't able to fully articulate what I needed or what I wanted but he's actually really good at, at just l always letting me do my own thing mm. so he'll never add anything. He'll okay, well, until ever. you've kind of said let's have an idea. No, here. because the arrangements are largely largely like mine mm. so do you do you do like um lo-fi i guess production stuff and then he replaces it with uh no well i occasionally i'll do i'll do a very i'll do a very uh, basic um arrangement on ableton or something mm. but for the most part we actually just sit together yeah. for the whole thing and i say okay i want the beat to go from this bar to this bar i want the synth to go from that one to that one oh, so you're very like prescriptive yeah. In yeah, a way and about then what it is yeah, that you want. exactly. And then we'll listen back to it together and be like, mm, "That's that mm. sounds dodge," or, or like, actually, let's change the structure. So maybe instead of putting the beats in here, we'll put them there. Like so, yeah. Um, he'll never add something without asking me at all. That's cool. Do people tend to switch producers a lot? Because I feel like that's the kind of partnership that will just get better and better. Like you yeah. said, you've known him for such a long time. Yeah, and it. I think it has improved. Yeah. Um, I think having that patience is something that not a lot of people have. Mm. Um, mm. If, for instance, the numbers don't indicate that the song is a success, then people might feel inclined to move on to another producer. I think there's a whole level of like collaboration in between musicians and producers and whatever that adds like before kind of knowing you, Becky, and knowing more musical people had no idea that that was. Like the level of that people work with each other, it's not just one person like as creating. a collabor like yeah, songwriter producer. Yeah, like like the number of people that will work on one project. For yeah, example, it's just mm. yeah, something. yeah, absolutely. Do you do you ever collaborate songwriting wise? I'd really like to. It just never happens. I think it was something I would like to do more of. Um, I guess I just don't have time. Yeah, because I need to. I make the choice to pay, I don't think this is a secret, to pay Josh for his like day rates, whereas some people don't like doing that with producers mm. because they want it to be 
like you know sort of 50 50 collaboration or whatever but I actually see it as like I've got a very strong vision about what I want yeah and like that even though we're friends and stuff we've created a transaction yeah in a way and but it's that sounds cold because actually we work really really well creatively but it's like he's helping me with my project mm. so when all said and done it's like I need to find a way to make that money so I don't always have time to be doing collaborations yeah. at the moment mm. but that also, you know things change do you think there's a danger when you have such a strong artistic intention um, there is a danger when you collaborate of losing that intention and yeah. I think that there's nothing wrong with that yeah. I, I think there are some artists that lend themselves really really well to collaboration and mm-hmm. it's and some artists feel they can only express themselves through collaboration but I don't think that there's anything wrong with mm. being the kind of person who thinks well actually I know exactly how I want my artist project to sound yeah you're pres- you're 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 saying you know how you want every little detail to sound yeah. and if you know that then that's convincing and that's that's what makes you yeah. the artist you are mm. yeah I love doing I love singing other people's stuff mm-hmm. so I really I like a backing vocal now for quite a few people and mm. I love it yeah and that will never change but I think, again, that's sort of like, it's clear what the roles are. Yeah. Whereas I think I'm a bit scared and a bit uncomfortable, in a way, yeah. of like a collaboration where you sit down mm. and sort of like Come tap your fingers. Together. Like, right, <clears throat> cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, what should we about today? Because yeah. it's not like been, it's not like formulated in your brain no. for a long time. But also, uh, I was at school, like always excluded from jam sessions because as a girl, like oh. that was still the case so even now that's not to say like when I was older and realized that that wasn't cool I couldn't have worked Mm. out but I really feel like from when I've started to play music in front of people it's been like I've had to do it on my own Mm. because Mm. the boys play the guitar even my guitar teacher told me that girls don't really play the guitar so he didn't really understand why I did oh wow um weird that's so so weird yeah Yeah. I think because yeah. I, it took me a really, really long time to be able to collaborate. Um, and I probably hold my hands up and say that that was to do with ego more than anything else. In that there's that controlling part of you when you think you know music or you think you know what you're doing that goes, well, hang on, why are you trying to get in with that idea? Or like, how could that idea possibly work? Because obviously you can't imagine another person's mm. entire... Mm thought process or how a song is going to come to be but personally for me I have realized that collaboration I think I don't have as many skills as I'd want to have and it was defensive of me to not try and bring other people in to to learn more skills and actually make something more um I suppose detailed and more generally fully like fully yeah I'm, I'm saying full bodied but <laughs> well yeah but yeah I guess like it is using all of those people's um skills to make yeah. something better and so I just wonder if you ever feel like you never know that your stuff could be propelled to some other level mm. if you worked collaboratively or if that doesn't even cross your mind well it's you know I I am saying that obviously I do creative direct my stuff yeah but there is a collaboration and I do yeah, and Josh. I do learn a lot from him yeah like anything like all the musicianship like mm-hmm. you, you can't put this note in a chord because that will resonate it an opt thing that will make it sound friendlier and you want it to sound darker mm-hmm. like for example like those things are invaluable and um 
so yeah, there is collaboration there to an extent. What does just what does resonate mean? Just for people who may not know, like oh, if you... like um, I'm talking about like actual like hertz frequencies now, mm-hmm. like how fast the note vibrates because all different yeah. notes. So it would like clash. Resonate. Yeah. Mm. Or just create softer... Would it create, like, a harmonic or something, or would it just be... I think I mean, like, so, like, a major chord versus a suspension. Right. You know? Yeah, like, the atmosphere is totally different. Yeah, or keeping open fifths will make it sound, like, hollow and a little Mm. bit... Yeah. ...monkey. (laughs) (laughs) So, my, um... So, I don't know music theory, but... I feel like a lot of that stuff I just know and I hear it. And that's probably the same. I don't know if you, like, have music theory... Mm, no, and stuff. Not that I ever remember but it. I hope my singing students yeah. will never listen <laughs> to this. That. Don't promote this to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like that's the kind of thing that you c- can hear if you're musical, but you don't know the name. Like I couldn't put yeah. a name on that kind of stuff. I think not even if you're musical. I think that like if you watch enough yeah. films yeah. or TV, you'll get a sense for why different different chords sound yeah. in a different emotion to something yeah. else I don't know yeah. Um, but yeah I did notice that when I got my um, this EP Five Myths mixed and mastered by a guy called Dom Howard who's in Submotion Orchestra oh, cool. his mixing is next level oh. and I really feel like that was amazing to see the lift mm. um, so you are totally right like you should always bring in like in my opinion mm. people who are better than you at exactly, stuff yeah. like and that's not to say well maybe not always but like there'll always be someone that's better than you and everything otherwise I might as well be like oh fuck it I'll get someone to sing my <laughs> well yeah stuff. no but I but mean like, I think the point being that there are so many technical elements involved mm. with making a song sound um I guess ready yeah. for, for the market and, yeah. and Spotify ready and all of those things and I do think that that is one of the biggest things, the most important thing, is mm. finding those people who can make your song sound like that. Mm. And you it can is. take that for granted because you mm. think, oh, well, my songwriting's mm. really good. Or, like, I'm not saying you directly, but yeah. people may. Yeah. And it's... But then I suppose that's a, a difficult conversation because you've had to pay these people a lot of money in order for them to, to do the job. And it's not like these people just exist for free to do something. So mm. I suppose it's not like everyone can do that with their music, but... It's knowing that you kind of need to, to up it Mm. to that level. Yeah, you do need to. And I think that there are very few people who will get a free ride to do that. So I'm not really afraid to say that I've I've worked to the point of being in two burnouts, which Mm. has been awful. Like work myself to the utter ground so that I will be able to to take the things to the next level. And that's too much. Mm. You shouldn't give yourself away that much. But... That's definitely what's happened. And so actually, it would piss me off if anyone's like, oh, well, I'm not paying that much to get uh, a really, like, like nationwide amazing mixer to do your stuff. Yeah. Like, like, how dare you? That person's yeah. worked really hard mm-hmm. and, like, is inc- incredibly talented. Yeah. Anyway, like, I'm not... I'm not like a massive rich kid who's give, been given any no, money you, you for this, you know. For I've worked for every single penny But that's of it. because you value people who are professionals and who are experts at what they do. Yeah. And you you put monetary value to that because that's what our industry at the moment is forgetting that 
everyone who is good at something in every other industry yeah, gets paid. paid. The weird thing is, is that like obviously when it's your creative project, you then lose the argument for being paid <laughs> yeah. because actually like until you start connecting with other humans that mm. want to listen to your stuff, you have no claim on anyone's money. Yeah. Like you're not you're not providing a service. Yeah. Like no one owes you anything. Yeah. It's pretty brutal, that's but that's hard. kind of the truth of it. That like people kind of I think forget mm. that you're not you can write for yourself and you can be amazing that's cool but that really doesn't mean anyone should give you any money for it yeah mm. that's true I don't actually. know I, that's quite a claim but it's hard like you don't have a manager or anything right like is, no. is that your aim to to get someone to manage you or have a um, agent yeah an agent or a, or yeah, a, a, a label, label yeah. behind you label at the moment no management would be helpful mm. Um, but I get some sort of dodgy offers okay. and I don't want them. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that's all I'll say on that because yeah. I really don't want to, but like I often get offers of help, say, okay. yeah. that are actually just, I've learnt to call BS on them a yeah. bit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that like you need, again, people who are like experts at, that are gonna really mm. and really love what you do, and until those two things are in alignment, yeah. like I'm not, I don't have a manager. Yeah. So. But, they, but they also come the more you produce and the yeah. more you put into yeah, your project. Absolutely. So you working your ass off until burnout is horrible, and you shouldn't yeah. have to do that. But you're doing that so that you can present your product in yeah. the most you and the most authentic way possible. So that when those people do inevitably come you're ready and mm. you've you've put your everything into it to be as true to the artist that you want to be and if they want to represent you then they know exactly what they're getting yeah mm. exactly but also i'm not going to wait around for it either no so because that's you know i i only started doing i'm 33 i only started doing this professionally like two and a half years ago mm. which is later in the game and my head is tugging its lead, trying terribly in vain to rein it back in. But you look at me, and I look at you, and you look at me. the song when I yeah. heard Hood and Wolf mm. um, <laughs> it felt to me and I'm probably massively overcomplicating it and like over emotionalising it okay. but it felt to me like this was all the songs you've been releasing over however many um, years or however many times with Fortress or previous projects have been leading to that moment that's that's how it felt and I, I know that's a big statement and I like I I just felt it was a, a fully accomplished, yeah. intentional song that did everything that it should be doing. And it was not over the top, it wasn't overproduced, it was sensitive, it was emotional, and I'm saying was, like it's it's now now deceased. The song is dead. <laughs> the song is dead. But it, it, it did, I heard it and you know that I love listening to your stuff yeah. and but it just did something different. It hit me differently. I also think 
there's some bits of melody in it which are similar to your other songs as well, which can maybe be why it feels like a combination yeah. of things. Do you and think, it, do you agree? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to say yeah. No, I actually got like, my the hairs on my neck went by well, because I was like, that is exactly what me and Josh were thinking Aww, when really? we'd done it. We were like, we finally nailed exactly <sighs> what we've been trying to do. Yeah. It's amazing. But it, feel, it feels like that. It really mm. does. Like, it's not the most dramatic or um, radio friendly or oh it's not radio friendly it's like, cool it's not a, but, but <laughs> it's it got like a like a, a sound clip of a cow walking <laughs> around a field oh what? is that what the rustling yeah, is yeah the, the rustling is a cow oh my god but, but, you know, I, I, you know, there's no mooing there's just there's none yeah. just I, sort of trotting around in some dry grass <laughs> I'm gonna re I'm gonna revisit it while picturing was that cow. a sample he had uh, it's a sample I had, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it felt <laughs> just it, something I had knocking about. Just had knocking around. Um, <laughs> it felt fully. It just felt fully formed. Is is something, yeah. and that's, I think, what every artist is trying to, to do. To only have been doing it professionally for two and a half years or whatever—that's pretty early to have your like. I don't know what to call it. Fully formed song, like yeah. to have that I guess kind of. Yeah. it's the identity but yeah. I said when it came out I post as you do shared it to Instagram <laughs> and um, but I'm, I meant it when I said that it's I've never heard anything like that before and that's the point is that every artist is trying to be unique I think and so it's not that everything you did up until this point wasn't yeah. it's just that this honed mm. all of the uniqueness you have into a working product that makes sense is the EP finished? It's done, it's out next week, babe. Yeah, Shoot. and you've got the, the launch on Thursday. Launch on Thursday the 7th. Oh yes, at Notting Hill Arts Club. Yes, indeed. Um, and then I am getting on a bus at 7 o'clock in the morning the next day mm. to film BBC Introduce, not film, record BBC Introducing uh, the main event in Gloucester of oh, all places wow. so what, what's that the main event uh, it's when BBC Intro in the West have a featured artist for the week so oh, they wow. play three tracks and you get interviewed so it's like oh, a half hour slot on the it's like going to be live on the radio spot is a <laughs> slot and a spot I've <laughs> <laughs> got a splot yeah I've got a good splot on the radio <laughs> so wait can you tell us when that will be just in case we edit this in time yeah. and, and release it in time uh, no, I can't. Cool. But um, I'm recording I'll it my pen next Friday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll look out for it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask something about my favourite lyrical bit. There's Ooh. two bits, but it's a similar thing where you like take a noun and you make it a verb. Mm. <laughs> you verbise it. Oh, she verbised it. She verbised it. Mm. Is that the word for it? Verbize. No, no, I made that up. Oh, okay. I think. Um, right here. So, like, <laughs> I woman you, or no, you woman oh, me, yeah. and I hear a you. And it forests me. Oh, yeah. Thing. What does that mean? It's sort of how you want it to mean, really. Say it like, again, the lyric. I'm going to shut my eyes. I, well, you couldn't say it, Rosie. It forests me. Like, no, the bit what, before that. Mm, I hero you and you'll woman me. Okay. I guess it's like, or it feels like I'll treat you like a hero and you'll treat me like a woman. Yeah. Or yeah, you, or like you talking about the like, stereotypes. It's almost of... like sort of make you a hero or make you a woman. Yeah. It's like bit more, bit more powerful than that. Mm. It's like I'll, I'll put, 
it's almost like I'll rub you in hero or I'll rub mm. you in woman. Mm. <laughs> Fragrance. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. 2019. Yeah. yeah. Liked it. Thanks. And then forest, forest me, I guess I was sort of mean, like it covers, like it covers me, which I just sort of say straight after. Mm, yeah. Like it just like is overwhelming. It forests me when I follow you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like that. Very smart. And I carried out with me whether I wanted to or did not want to. And I carried out We like to ask people who they're listening to at the moment. Who am I listening to? Oh, we should make that a little segment yeah. intro. Oh, got a bit of Marika Hackman on the go. Yeah. James Blake, obviously, but you know, assume form is old news. Yeah. Mm, he needs some new shit. I need some new stuff. Um, who else am I listening to? Good question. I've actually been listening to a lot of my friend's music. Mm, that's nice. So my friend's band Mesodorm. Mesodorm. Yeah. Um, what what kind of music's that? I guess you can maybe put it in a similar camp to mine, just sort of... Uh, they are really one of the best bands around at the moment, so oh. they're very good. Oh, cool. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, again, another friend of mine, Sailing Stones. I've been really smashing my friend's music at the moment. Well, that's good. Um... Maybe we should get them on the podcast. Yeah. You should. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Are they from London or are they Bristol people? Both. Both. A bit across those places. Nice. Um, I can't really think of who else. You know when someone puts you on the spot? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. hard. <laughs> you should like go through your Spotify. Who are you listening to, Sabrina? Oh my God, I, I felt like that was going to come up and I don't have an answer. Um, you listen to so much though. Yeah, I know. Well... I'm a bit annoyed with myself recently because I'm kind of becoming more dependent on Spotify playlists. So, like, my release radar and my recommended stuff. And I don't want to just depend on that. What, rather yeah. than hunting stuff out for yourself? Yeah, like, I do... I guess, actually, one good thing is listening to Desert Island Discs oh, and, yeah. like, other music-related podcasts yeah. and then, like, going on a trail of listening to the stuff that they listen to, which yeah. I normally wouldn't ever... Um, but I cannot quote anything to you right now. Have Maybe. you? What have you? Oh, I've just remembered a couple. Yeah, go on. Have you heard Serpent with Feet? Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. What's your favourite Serpent with Feet song? Um, <laughs> you can't ask me that, don't I? know. There's no one knows names anymore. No. Why? I know. Bliss. I Do you know what's weird? All of them about him and them. Him. He's mental. In, in particular, is. The only thing I remember is that all his songs are in lower te- um, no capital letters. Isn't yeah. that strange? That that's and his name that is as well. Kanye West has a new album out, which oh, is actually really? quite good. Okay. Listened to that today. Okay. Yeah, give it a go. Hmm. I've never been a massive Kanye fan. It's mm. not that I don't respect his artistry, 
But um, I think the fact that he comes across as such a prick <laughs> makes me Doesn't not want to not want to invest so much. Yeah. But he, I do have a lot of time for him, and I think he's an important figure. Obviously, mm. so much music and so much good yeah. music. I think being prolific is pretty important. Mm. Like I went to go watch um, King Creosote, which is like an old folky singer songwriter guy. He's released like. 40 albums yeah. he releases almost two a year and so he's got a dedicated base of people that will come to his gigs all the time and he's built a career out of that he's just smashed yeah. and smashed and smashed what was his same? name? Um, sorry King, King Creosote and I think I'm I only rate like a few of his songs like as in to listen to like a, a lot and then the rest of it how could you possibly know the rest mm. he's not like a Bob Dylan figure where That's an they're all really like high art it's just like he's absolutely chomping through the tracks do you, think, do you think that was his strategy setting out like I'm just going to produce so much music that it will get everywhere but why does it need like this is using the word strategy is exactly what I think is like problematic yeah. because it could be it definitely could be a strategy but you musicians these days or whatever are taught that they need some kind mm. of strategy all the time you need to either be holding your singles back you need to be releasing yeah. loads you're doing this there's always like a motive behind everything mm. that you do and maybe this dude just writes 40 yeah. albums yeah. and that is it's only him and guitar yeah. so probably so, and it just does. but some out. people also have like want to get to a certain place and will have a strategy like, yeah. as much as it makes it sound like a business and a clinical mm. term but I do think that We've talked about this a lot at uni because um, I just graduated from a songwriting degree and you get taught um, about strategy and about marketing, but I think you're taught it all from the perspective of people who are already successful. So you're adopting all of the techniques of people who are already working with huge mm. budgets, with, yeah. with big labels mm. and who can afford to drop huge marketing campaigns that yeah. have got a lot of weight behind them. and. I don't to hire think... an intern to do all the likes or whatever exactly. on, or comments on Instagram or and to and to plan it all for you and I, I just don't but also there's no point in being like um suspend like having all of this suspense about your elite uh, your release if you've got no yeah, audience exactly. just get the music out yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and build that audience and so I'm all for people who just keep going and mm. just keep putting it out yeah. and aren't like I think there has to be some strategy in the way you work because, like you say, it's a business and that is important. But, but the fact that I, d I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a coincidence that in the amount of austerity we've had over years that and the amount of arts funding cuts mm -hmm. that have happened that and the rationale you always have to have for every penny spent on the arts that it's filtered through to the whole music industry yeah. that we have to have a solid business reason for just being creative yeah. like again no one owes you no one owes you a music career but you do have to separate yourself as an artist from a business person yeah. and never I don't I really never ever want to put my creativity in like the same box as the business like they are obviously two mm. symbiotic things yeah. but I never want to make a song for the sake of making money and I you know I just do you think that that is plausible when you're trying to achieve the career which means that you can financially support yourself through music um potentially not but i do i do know lots of artists for example i remember elbow being interviewed years mm -hmm. ago 
it was when they started getting huge and I'd been following them for ages. I'm not one of those people who normally says that. I was there from the start. I'm definitely not because I'm very. Yeah, I was there. No, the uh, I'm very rarely doing. I'm very rarely that person. Um, but the, he said, well, we just carried on making stuff that we wanted to make yeah. and hoped that mm. other people would join in. Yeah. And I think that's valuable. Anything else you'd like to share? No. Okay. No, nothing. <laughs> um, well, thanks for coming on. It's oh, been oh, long. It's been nice. Coming on. Thank you. I'm coming on, guys. Oh, <laughs> so, so glad that you're too. coming on. I've got a moon cup today. Oh, Don't put this in, but I'm just... Oh, did you actually get Why not? One? Oh, yeah, put it in, you know, moon cups to save the world, guys. So, yeah, get one. Um, but, no, honestly, thank you. <laughs> we do appreciate it. Oh, no, I'm grateful as well, thanks. Good luck with everything. And we'll see you at the EP launch. Yes. Trying to 
Thank you. 